All right. Well, good morning, everybody. I'd like to welcome you all for coming here. We, we really appreciate you taking the time to make the drive here to Soundwords Bible Church. Welcome to you guys who are here for your first time. We're thrilled to have you here. And also, we'd like to welcome everybody that tunes in online through Facebook, YouTube, uh, through the podcast. We do appreciate uh, those that tune in online from all over and encouraging you. If this is your first time, like, comment, subscribe, share, do all those things. Got a couple quick announcements. We're going to sing some songs. Uh, number one announcement, Gatlinburg Grace Retreat is coming up in four weeks. So if you've not made your reservations yet... I encourage you to do so. It's going to be a wonderful time of fellowship and preaching. Uh, it's hosted by uh, Bible Believers Cowboy Church and a Grace Bible Church Chattanooga. Uh, and it's just, it's at the Black Bear Inn. It's right downtown. Uh, and it's a wonderful time of fellowship. So I encourage you to do that uh, if, you're, if you haven't considered doing so. Uh, number two, got another Bible conference that's coming up. It's Berean Bible Study Fellowship. Uh, it's a Bible conference coming up in the middle of March. The nice thing about this one, it's only two hours south from here. Uh, it's going to be in Arab, Alabama. Uh, Brother Jack Lockhart reached out to me this past week, and we were able to connect, and he let me know about that. So I'm uh, planning on going down there. Uh, like I said, March 13th, 14th, 15th, Arab, Alabama. Uh, something to consider. All right, we're going to sing a, a few songs. Uh, you will notice that in your seats there's a songbook. The first page just kind of gives you, you know, what we're about, uh, what to expect. Uh, and then the next page shows you the basically where all the songs are. And, uh, you know, why do we sing songs? Well, Paul encourages us to do so in, twice in the book of Ephesians and Colossians. Colossians 3.16. So it's part of our spiritual walk. So if you guys want, we're going to stand. We're going to go to page uh, 16. And we're going to sing uh, a couple songs. First one up is going to be I Fly Away.
Let's give it a second. Audio's coming through. So please let us know if it's working right now online. I have no idea. Lauren, you're going to have to check. Um, how's everybody doing? Good. Good. I'm going to just straight up tell you, it has been a long week. I don't know if it's been one for you. It's been one long week for me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, I think this time uh, around any type of job or in your life, usually there's just kind of this assessment of, hey, what did we do last year? What are some things that we want to kind of, uh, you know, improve upon this year? And there's always kind of those, like, alignment discussions that you'll have, whether it's within your marriage or, or you know, in an organization. And I just think that it's uh, something that it, it should be considered, you know, and, and especially just in your, yourself, your personal life, you know, are you in alignment with what God's doing today, you know, and we kind of talked about that when we had our first meeting. Look, this is what we're about. This is going to be the heartbeat of our ministry. God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So God wants you to be saved, but he also wants you to understand his word. And, um, you know, there's so much to be said about what God has to say about today's life, you know, and I've had conversations where people will say, you know, I know I'm saved, but, you know, God's word has no relevancy to me today. Well, then, if that's the case, I would ask yourself to examine yourself. If you find that that's where you're at, you're, there's, Paul tells us to examine ourselves, whether we be in the faith. And, um, you know, that has absolutely nothing to do with the message, but it's something that I've been stewing upon uh, this week. So, um, we're in a, a series that we've launched. This is uh, part two. And the title is No Other Doctrine. So uh, before we get into today's message, let's read the verse that inspired this whole entire series that we're in. We're going to go to 1 Timothy. We're going to read the first three verses, all right? 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of our God, our Savior, and our Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord and Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach, and here's the title for the series, No Other Doctrine. So, uh, we kind of laid some groundwork last week, and we kind of discussed a few things. Um, you know, we, we defined what doctrine was, right? Doctrine just means to teach. It's what you're teaching to people. And, uh, you know, we asked the question, why did Paul charge Timothy to charge some not to teach any other doctrine? Well, there were those that were teaching the law to people, right? And remember, we got our timeline you're looking at the Bible, you've got Genesis through Revelation, you've got the cross of Calvary, you got those 39 books of the Old Testament, you've got your four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you've got the book of Acts, all the things occurring after, and then you've got those 13 epistles that Paul wrote. How do we know that? His name starts with every single one of them. God, who cannot lie, 
made that so. And then you've got the remaining books of Hebrews through Revelation. So Paul said, Timothy, charge some that they teach no other doctrine. And what they're doing is these, they're these guys that were fellowshipping with Paul, and they were going to the things over here, things that were written to the Jews under the law, now teaching it for people to observe and command. And when you look at those unique doctrines between Paul and what the rest of the books are, you're under grace here in his books. And there is a complete different way that you operate under grace. It's grace motivation. It's not fear. Okay? You're not doing these things out of fear that if you don't do this, then you don't get that. If you don't do this, then you're not going to be saved. It's no, we've been sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. God's Spirit is working in and through us to now do the work of the ministry. But if you're not reading and studying, which was another point that we talked about, we need to give attendance to reading and studying the doctrine so that we can now know how we're supposed to live our lives daily. And that's kind of what we're doing. And so this whole entire series, Know Their Doctrine, is basically an overview of all of the epistles of Paul. Now, I started with 1 Timothy, and I'm moving on to 2 Timothy. I wanted to kind of go through those couple books first to kind of give us the framework to now go back and do an overview. We're going to do a lesson that's all, all about the book of Romans. What's that about? That's cross-doctrine. All the books of 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, we're going to kind of dive into that. But today, I want to focus in now on 2 Timothy. So let's go there. Now, you'll remember some unique stats that I shared last week. 56 times the book mentions doctrine. And I mean the book, the entire Bible. 33 times it's found outside of Paul's epistles. 23 times it's found in Paul's epistles. Nine times he mentions the word doctrine in 1 Timothy. And in 2 Timothy, four times the word doctrine is mentioned. So doctrine is so important. It is so important. Because what you teach someone and what they believe, they will live it out. It, I mean, just think about it. All right, uh, audio is low. Cool. We can roll with this. We're doing this on the spot, guys. Uh... How about now? All right. Um, so we're in 2 Timothy, and we're going to read the first verse. We'll start there. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of the life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I'm going to pause right there, and there's a couple things. I want to point out the very first parts of these books. What does Paul say? Paul, an apostle by Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior. And here, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. It's a commandment by God our Savior, and it's by the will of God that Paul is our apostle for the Gentiles today. That's the dude that we need to go to to get our doctrine today. And that's why it's so important. And we kind of talked about that last week, did we not? Because why? A lot of people today kind of avoid the epistles of Paul. Because they don't understand it. And if you start preaching grace, well then now there's going to be this problem of, well, are people going to give if we don't preach something else? And we're going to see that in this book here. We saw, Actually, he addresses it in 1 Timothy. 
Let's go back to 1 Timothy, and I should have closed this uh, in, in last week. In uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5, uh, chapter 6, 1 Timothy chapter 6, notice in the first and verse 3. Now, if any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doubting about questions and stripes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. So, you go and you read through the rest of it. Um, Paul is now talking to Timothy, addressing the rich, and how, how they're supposed to be dealing with today. And uh, I, I'm not going to dive into that, but verse 17, just take a look. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. That they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. You know, money is such a tough subject for anybody today to talk about. You know, and especially in churches, it's like the taboo. And, um, you know... I'm not going to spend time on that. I don't want to dive into the message. That's not the point of it. But the point that I want to make is that there are people that are supposing men, preachers, and women too, that suppose that gain is godliness. And, and, and Paul told us right there, Paul told Timothy, from such withdraw thyself. That's, that's not what this is about. That's not at all what this is about. Uh, Paul... You know, he made it, a, a, you could read in Corinthians, he made it a, a thing that, it, woe to him if he didn't preach the gospel without charge. And some of you know, I, some of you I don't know, I, I have a full-time job, okay? I, my, my headquarters is right there. That's what I do full-time. That's my tent making. And that's what I'm doing to support my family. This I'm doing free of charge. It's my passion to see uh, the word of God spread the gospel of Christ here in Franklin and to stretch into the Nashville area. I see a need. I believe that there's a need, and I'm hoping that we can build a strong core to now begin to teach faithful men this message so that they can now do the work of the ministry. That's the goal that we're trying to do here. We're trying to teach faithful men this doctrine so they know how to live and show people the truth so help get them saved and then give them the doctrine so that they know how to continue to repeat the process. That's what we're doing here. So, 2 Timothy. We're in that book now. There's, there's four things I want to talk about. I want to talk about two testimonies, rightly dividing the word of truth, the snare of the devil, and preaching the word. That's what we're going to be going over today in this morning's message. So, uh, we're in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. 
But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But it is now made manifest by the appearing of the Savior, our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. So there's a couple things in here. In verse 8, Paul tells Timothy, don't be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel of Christ, right? But there's also another testimony there. Don't be ashamed of Paul. Don't be ashamed of me, a prisoner. Paul, Paul's in prison at this point in his ministry. Okay, He's nearing the end of it, and he's basically handing the reins over to Timothy. And in verse 7, why do you think Paul is telling Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear? Do you think Timothy was terrified? Do you think he might have been scared? I mean, here's a man that's walked with Paul in his ministry, has seen the hardships and the afflictions in his flesh that Christ would be magnified in his body. It wasn't all rainbows and butterflies and kumbaya. No, it was ugly. It was hard. I mean, the worst thing that we see nowadays is just words, people throwing words. We're very fortunate, but that those times can change. But the point being is, Timothy was scared. And, and, and Paul had to remind Timothy, look, that fear is not of God. That's not coming from God. God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. I've had nights, I don't know about you, but I've had moments where I've been so overwhelmed with anxiety. I don't, I don't know if anybody else has dealt with that. But to the point where it's like you can't catch your breath and you can't breathe. And I'm just praying, and I'm praying, and, and this scripture is such a powerful verse that always comes to mind. And I start praying, and all of a sudden I'm reminded of that scripture, now I'm thinking on it, and now I'm saying it. And then all of a sudden there's just this peace that comes that I can't explain it. It passes understanding. So, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power along the sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker in the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Man, um, how many times have you had someone tell you, hey, why don't you be a partaker of these afflictions? Why don't you jump in here and do it? Who wants to raise their hand to go do that? <laughs> I mean, let's talk about it. That's what the Bible says. We're supposed to be partaker of the afflictions. And I, I can look around this room, and I guarantee I, I've had conversations with you. I know you've been afflicted. But that's why we're here to gather and encourage and spur one another on to those good works of sharing the ministry, sharing that labor in it. And, and so there's afflictions that come. And that testimony, Paul's saying, don't be ashamed of my testimony. What was Paul's testimony? He was a blasphemer. He, he was a blasphemer. He was completely cut outside from the promises of the twelve. He could not inherit that kingdom here on earth. So then God had to start something new. He revealed the revelation of the mystery of Christ. 
And it was Christ dying for our sins. Not just Israel, but everybody. The Gentiles, the nations. And he's the only dude... I say do a lot, I don't know why. But he's the only dude that was the apostle of the Gentiles. Meaning he's the unique person. We don't magnify Paul. We magnify his unique office that he carried. He's the only one that carried that office. And we read it. Look at verse 11. Whereunto I, Paul, am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. What are the next words? Of the Gentiles. You know what modern translations, the most commonly ones used today, the NIV, the ESV, the NLT, you know what they do that verse? They remove of the Gentiles. Is that not an important piece? That's extremely important. And, you know, we've talked about this. God wrote only one book, and there's an importance of it that you have the right book because if you don't have that book you're going to miss some things and we're going to see a couple more of those things today as we continue with the message so don't be ashamed of my testimony Timothy I'm the guy that's going to the nations I'm the one carrying the doctrine of the grace of God it's by grace that you're saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works this message that he was carrying completely contradicted everything that the Jews religion was founded upon that's why they wanted to kill him. That's why they stoned him. That's why they left him for dead. Because he's saying you can be now justified from all things in the law of Moses through this man Jesus Christ. And let's see where it shows it there. Let's go to Acts 13. Acts 13. Uh, we're in Acts chapter 13. We're going to verse... 38. Now Paul is in the synagogue of the Jews. He's standing up and he's testifying before all of, all of his countrymen. Be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, he's talking about Jesus Christ, through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. Now, I, I, I'm not going to continue reading through it, but you go through there, and what, what's going to happen is that many of the Jews in religion, you know, they basically, there's a big contention between them over this. Some believe, some did not. And... The point being is what he's teaching is completely different from what they've known up until that point. This is something new. All right, we're back in 2 Timothy. Uh, verse 12. First, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me, in faith and in love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. So in verse 13, you see holding fast the form of sound words. There's no coincidence why we our, our church name is titled Sound Words, Bible Church, Sound Words for short. And what that is, is it's, it's, it's holding 
taking hold of that sound doctrine that was committed to Paul in his 13 epistles. It, it, it's, it's sound. It's a firm foundation. It's what we can build upon. It's Jesus Christ as a foundation. And when we hold fast to those, those, those words, we're able to let the Word of God work in and through us. It effectually worketh in you. And all you got to do is believe it. Study, read it, believe it. Repeat, rinse, wash, do it again, right? So, holding fast to the form of sound words, he's encouraging Timothy. Now, when we get to 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul is telling him, and we'll jump to verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And he's going to talk about enduring hardness. He's going to tell Timothy to consider what I say, and the Lord give the understanding on all things. And then we get to verse 15. Study, Timothy, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But... Shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase more unto more ungodliness, and their word shall will eat, as doth the canker, of whom is Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrect, resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having the seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So, everyone in this room probably knows 2 Timothy 2.15. And I, the whole entire point, and if you look at what we've been talking about this entire point of First and 2 Timothy, it's all about doctrine. Doctrine, doctrine, doctrine. What are you teaching the people? What are you teaching them? Are you teaching them what God is doing today? Or are you teaching them things that God wrote to the children of Israel and now telling them to do something that wasn't made for them and now they're creating confusion and chaos and then before you know it, their faith is made shipwreck because they don't know what to do or believe anymore. And I was that shipwreck dude I'm talking about. So the whole entire context of First and Second Timothy is about doctrine. And when Paul gets to... Uh, verse 15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He's telling you, you need to separate the doctrine. I mentioned last week, and I didn't touch on it, there's three doctrines in your Bible. There's the doctrine that Jesus Christ taught in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to the nation of Israel. There's the doctrine of grace age living that was committed to the Apostle Paul, what God is doing today. And then you've got the doctrine and commandments of men. And what do you think those are? Those are coming from a completely different, and we talked about this, right? Satan. Satan has his own doctrine. Satan has his own churches. Satan has his own synagogues. You can read about it in Revelation. It's people proclaiming to be Jews when they're not. Well, that's very interesting. So, there's three doctrines. Which one do you believe? Which one are you following? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And notice in verse 17, their word, their word will eat as doth the canker, 
And what do you see? You see men who have erred concerning the truth. They're teaching. They're, they're, withstanding, they're withstanding the words of Paul. They're completely teaching things outside of what he, could, he taught. And you just, it's just amazing. I told you about last week, the some, remember? There were some that were desiring to be teachers of the law. There were some that were making shipwreck of their faith. You got some that were standing the doctrine that God's doing today. It's religious people. The same religious people that resisted Jesus Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and crucified him, nailed him on the cross, are the same religious people that beat this man up. I mean, uh, it's incredible the amount of things that that man went through. I mean, it's just like no one can beat Jesus Christ in the flesh. Paul is an example for us of humans. He was a wretched soul. He was a wretched man. We all are. But... You know, they persecuted him, and guess what? They're going to persecute you and me. And that's not something that we should be surprised with when it happens. You know, we endure it. We endure those afflictions. And uh, we're in 2 Timothy. Let's go to verse 26. Oh, sorry, 23. Now Paul talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that impose themselves, if God preadventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by his will. You know, I, I was thinking about that last verse, verse 26, on kind of conjunction with God free adventure to, to re- grant them repentance, meaning the changing of their mind to acknowledge the truth. People that are resistant to Paul's doctrine... It, and I'm, I'm not, I, I say Paul, it's Christ's doctrine, ultimately. It's Christ speaking through the Apostle Paul. They're not wrestling with you. They're not wrestling with me. They're, they're dealing with some things in their own heart and their mind between them and the Lord. And that struggle, you notice there's a snare. Who's a snare of? It's the devil. What's the condemnation of the devil? Pride. Let's go to First Timothy. First uh, Timothy chapter three, verse six. Now Paul is talking to Timothy about what a bishop is, but there's some, some there's some meat in here for us. First uh, Timothy chapter three, verse six. Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them that are without, lest he fall in reproach and the snare of the devil. It's just interesting. Snare of the devil twice in those books. And it's dealing with pride. Uh, so then when we get to 2 Timothy chapter 3, the rest of this book, and this is what I'm hoping, guys, why are you going to 2 Timothy chapter 3? I'm hoping that through this series, it'll last, I kind of give you a big picture of these books. Okay? 
some of you, you don't need it. But for those who are getting just this is new to them, they need to have a big picture of what these books are so that when they kind of dive in, they have a better understanding of what's happening. So that's kind of why we're doing this. And when we get to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Why? For men. Now, I'm going to stop right there. For men. And now he's going to go through all these lists of what men are going to be doing and why they're perilous times. But the point I'm going to only highlight is, these men look godly. They talk godly. They might sound spiritual. And boy, boy, on Facebook or Instagram, there's a ton of spiritual quote-unquote people out there. But you need to be mindful of them. Why do you need to be mindful of them? Look at what Paul tells Timothy in verse 5. These men, or women, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power of. What's the power that they're denying? What did Paul say is the power of God unto salvation? The gospel of Christ. Paul said in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed for the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. These guys are going to be withstanding the gospel of Christ, saying, it's not that easy. It's no way. It's just grace by saved that you're faith. Nope, you're just a... And I don't need to go on. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. But you know where I'm going with it. That's what's happening. Now notice what Paul describes these guys in verse 7. Ever learning and never able to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Now as James and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be made manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine and my manner of life. So there's these guys having a form of godliness, denying the power, ever learning. They're smart. They might have, in, in, in terms of worldly wisdom, they're probably the cream of the crop. But in terms of godly wisdom, not even close. Not even close. They could have been even further farther from the truth. They resist the truth. Reprobate concerning the faith. And the doctrine that they're teaching, it's not this. That's for sure. You can take it to the bank they weren't teaching those, the doctrine found in those 13 books. But Timothy, thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions. So, he goes on and says, All that will live a godly life in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And he highlights the importance of the scriptures, which are given inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. And then when we get to chapter 4, now that we've discussed the testimonies, rightly dividing the word of truth, the doctrine that's for today, outside of what God is doing in times past and the ages to come, the snare of the devil, watch out for pride. Perilous times are coming. There's going to be men. They're going to be lovers of their own selves, and they don't want anything to do with the truth. They want no part of it. They might actually have a book in their hands, but that doesn't mean anything. 
That doesn't mean anything. You shouldn't trust what I say or any preacher that you hear preaching this message. You should be going back and doing what the Bereans did. Receive the word with all readiness of mind. Search the scriptures daily, whether those things are so. So in light of all that, Paul then tells Timothy to preach the word. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 1. I charge thee therefore, Timothy, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they keep to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So Paul is telling Timothy, preach the word, Timothy. Preach it. Preach the doctrine. You know it, you've seen it, you've lived my, you've been with me, you know my doctrine, you've known my manner of life. Now go do it and teach other men to do this. Why? Because there's going to come a time, Timothy, that people are not going to want to endure it anymore. They're going to just put their ears, cover their, cover their ears. I don't want to hear it. There's going to come a time where, and I believe we're living in it. I'm going to straight up tell you, I believe we're in those times right now. There's going to be commandments and doctrines of men, things that Paul did not teach, but people are going to be so resistant to the truth, so resistant to anything that you tell them here, that they will cling to those commandments and doctrines of men, and then they will reason with themselves, why? Why? There's only one baptism today. Is it a water baptism or is it a spirit baptism? It's spirit, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body in Christ. But there's this doctrine today, come on people, you just need to take a look around. Everybody's baptizing water baptism. Oh, it's not, it's, it's not, a, it, it's not for salvation, but it's a, it's a, a public display of, show me that in the scriptures. Show me that in the scriptures. Because it's not there, I can't find it. And it's creating confusion for people because now people are thinking, oh, this is something that you're supposed to do. And the, here's the big fear, guys. Here's the biggest problem. If you're not right and divine the word of truth, and people are preaching another gospel other than the gospel that Paul committed, that Christ committed to Paul, can you get saved outside of the gospel of Christ? No. Salvation. You should, this is like the most important thing. It's the decision between an eternal eternity and two different places. And that you just can't afford to get this wrong. You can't afford to get it wrong. So, 2 Timothy, what it's all about, it's all about holding fast the firm of sound words. It's all about being strong in the grace of the Lord, enduring afflictions, teaching faithful men, and doing the work of an evangelist. And I think that's the greatest need that we need today. We need more evangelists. That's, that's the area, that's kind of the prayer that I'm having for this church and, and, and for everybody else, for the church, the body of Christ. If the moment that we don't have evangelists going out, 
and sharing, how is anyone ever going to be able to believe and get saved? You need preachers. That's what Romans, the book of Romans talks all about. Romans 10. So, we've talked about the two testimonies. We've talked about rightly dividing the word of truth. Oh, by the way, that rightly dividing the word of truth, why it's so important. You know what the modern translations do to 2 Timothy 2.15? There's no study yet. Yeah, there's due diligence. Um, it's accurately handling the word of God. They change it to accurately handling. Those are completely different meanings. Completely different meanings. Um, and that's just another rabbit trail I just don't need to go down right now. Um, so what I encourage you to do, read First and Second Timothy for yourself. Read for yourself. These are short. I mean, look at this. This is in my Bible, I don't know about your Bible, but it's only a few pages. You can read through that in ten minutes. Listen to the message. Go back. See those things. See the importance of the doctrine. See the warnings that Paul gave to Timothy regarding men. And then do the word. Do what it says. Alright? Um, we're going to close with a, a couple songs. We're going to close with one song. But if you're listening right now, and you haven't trusted in the gospel of Christ. I just want to make sure you know this, understand it very clear. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Why am I spending time doing this? I want you to grab 1 Corinthians 15 in one hand and grab Galatians 1 in the other. First Corinthians 15 in one hand. Galatians chapter 1 and the other. In Galatians chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God, our, and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me, unto the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now verse 6. We're going to transition. I marvel, Paul talking to the Galatians, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have received, let him be accursed. There are people preaching another gospel, and it's not another gospel. And if you don't know that, we're going to show you right now what that gospel is. And I'm telling you this, wife, because I was just like those Galatians five years ago. I have been preached every other gospel that there is on this earth. There's tons of them. But what is that gospel that Paul preached? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this is the gospel that Paul preached. 
Moreover, brethren, verse 1, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. And if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye believe in vain. Here's the gospel. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and then he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's it. I remember, uh, I remember a member of this church, her testimony. She had a religious upbringing, and uh, the gospel was presented to her. What we just read. And she said, yeah, yeah, I, I know that. I, I, I know that. And one of the other members of this church turned to her and said, yeah, but, but whose sins did he die for? And that individual was kind of just sitting there for a second. Christ died for my sins. And she had that, that realization. And man, that boom, right then and there. She didn't see it, see it, nobody could see it, feel it. But that deposit of the Holy Spirit went in her. Sealed. Sealed with that Holy Spirit promise. She believed. She trusted right in that moment. That's how simple the gospel is. It only took me, what, not even a second to share that with you? That's something that, that's why we need evangelists. That's why we need to share the gospel. It's simple. We, we know it. It's easy. All right, let's, uh, let's uh, close with a song, and then we will uh, end with a word of prayer. Uh, the song that we're going to, it's uh, Saved by the Blood, page 24. Saved by the Blood.
you guys close in a word of prayer? God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your truth and your doctrine that you've given us today through your chosen vessel, Paul. We thank you for the faithful men from Timothy all the way down to the faithful men that are living today that are carrying on that message, Lord. We pray those who are tuning in online, if they have not put their faith and trust in the gospel of Christ, that they just do so at this time, just simply believing in their heart and mind that Christ died for their sins on the cross at Calvary and being buried and resurrected the third day for their justification. We pray that, Lord, that we just receive your word and just with ready minds and hearts to go search the scriptures daily so that we continue to live out your word. We love you and we pray this all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate